On today's podcast, according to Kiplinger, recent data shows that business expenses are headed for an extended slump. We see headlines like this all the time. And what do they mean for us? Do they mean anything? It turns out it might affect you a lot more than you think. And we'll talk about how on today's Money with Friends. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live from my mom's half finished basement just outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Saul Cihai. And I'm Josh Dorkin, coming to you live from Denver, Colorado. The beautiful Denver, Colorado. Not, not only are Josh and I two people that read headlines on today's show, like a lot of shows do. Nope, we go one step further. We'll actually talk about what this piece means to you. And uh, we do that now for you six days a week. Well, Josh doesn't. He does it for us two days a week, uh, once per month for four months. But Bobby and I do that six days a week. And we do this live, which is why I just stumbled right through that sentence, Josh Dorkin. Uh, that's okay. Two days a week and four times a month. It's, it, it all adds up in it, somebody's brain. There is some math <laughs> going on there. So uh, just for people that don't know who you are, you created this little tiny site, uh, this little tiny community called Bigger Pockets. I did. Yes. About 15 years ago, I was losing my shirt in real estate. I, I bought a bunch of rental properties and everything was going wrong. And so I said, there, there's got to be a community where I can get help. And, and uh, so I created it. I created it. Then 15 years later and, and probably 35 years of work in those 15, I, uh, I'm, I'm so grateful for the millions and millions of people that we've helped uh, build wealth through real estate uh, as a result of bigger pockets. It's, it's been amazing. It's changed their lives and it's changed mine. So um, it's been awesome. When you were creating it, did you live that mantra that I, I'm starting to hear more and more often that entrepreneurs are people that will work 70 hours to avoid working 40 hours for somebody else? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I worked 100 hour weeks regularly for eight years. Yeah. And, and, and granted, I, I looked in the mirror, I was like, you know, that, that's insane. Maybe I should get a 40 hour a week job. No, I'd rather work for myself. Yeah. I, I don't know how smart that was. I don't know. I think it's worth, I used to think it's worth it. I am not a good employee, so I don't no, know. Me neither. Yeah. yeah. I'm terrible. Well, we're going to talk about, there's a lot of employees, a lot of people in the U S that are wondering, are we headed for a recession And this piece might give us some data on that. So we're going to walk into this, but first let's see who's kicking off today's show for us. This is Lacey from the Military Money Show. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, it's time for our headlines. Today's headline was one I brought to the table uh, because we read these headlines all the time, Josh, and most of the time people skip by them. And I used to, but the more I read these and the longer I'm involved with uh, financial topics, the more I realize there's a lot of stuff that maybe even the person, sometimes they think the person writing the article doesn't even know some of the subtext that's going on here. So I thought we'd kind of walk through a, a piece that we see all the time about the economy and what's going on with it. And this one is a little esoteric, but hang on, it's going to get better. Uh, it comes to us from Kiplinger, business spending likely in for a long slump. It's written by David Payne and let's dive into it. 
Business investment in new equipment is likely for a prolonged slump because the global economic slowdown and because of uncertainty about the outcome of the U.S.-China trade war. The two leading economies are engaged in a tit-for-tat battle that has each slapping successive rounds of penalties against the other's exports. Global growth is slowing as trade tensions ramp up. Europe's outlook's deteriorating as it exports to China soften, while China itself is experiencing a decline in exports that's putting its economy under strain. Britain continues to grapple with its planned exit from the European Union, which Prime Minister Boris Johnson insists will happen on October 31st, with or without a deal in place for handling future trade relations. A no-deal exit will disrupt supply lines between Britain and the EU, potentially weakening economic damage or wrecking economic damage whole different thing there on both sides if shortages and anticipated logistics snarl ups materialize yeah there's a lot in there man uh let's continue on another drag on spending is it is that u.s aircraft maker boeing has not yet been able to get its grounded 737 max aircrafts certified as safe to return to service. A return will likely not happen until sometime next year at the earliest. A scant 2% rise in capital spending is in store this year, before shrinking to 1% growth in 2020. New orders may have already peaked this year and will be completely flat, if not down, in 2020. Now, there was a slight pickup during July for orders of non-military goods excluding aircraft, a category that serves as proxy for business investment. Unfortunately, the four-tenth of a percent rise in orders was more than offset by a seven-tenth of a percent drop in shipments of finished goods. <laughs> Lots of data. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of numbers here, but I mean, at the end of the day, they're, they're just talking. I've, I've, let, me, let me finish this. Weak shipments indicate that factories are less busy and likely will be operating at lower capacity in the future because order backlogs are being worked through faster. There's a lot in there, man. Seems like stuff that puts most of us to sleep, but there, yeah. actually, there actually is a lot in there. I mean, what do you, what do you take just from this? Um, you know, trade wars are, are, are problematic. Uh, for for starters, and and this this article doesn't even get into the the new trade war that uh, is happening as a result of Airbus getting subsidies in the EU, and the U.S. deciding to go tit for tat with the EU and and making all of our Irish butter and wine get more expensive. And and we know how the Dorkins like their Irish butter too. Oh my God, that stuff is amazing! <laughs> it, is, it is amazing. It's so good. It is. We could do a podcast just on Irish butter. Oh, uh, I could talk about it all day. Well, when I, you know, the last five years, uh, the, the as uh, on my other podcast, Stacking Benjamins, we do headlines. Headline after headline is called that the recession's coming, right? Because we're now uh, nine. Well, we're, we're we're almost ten years into this economic expansion. So yep. you take a look. No, we're over. 10 years in this economic expansion. Yeah, close to 11, yeah. Yeah. So so uh, for the last five, we've had headline after headline calling the end. But you start to look at numbers like this on top of all the other data. We had the yield curve flatten and invert uh, earlier in the year. We've had lots of negativity. I don't know. This seems to be another thing that says we got a recession around the corner. This is a big one. At least for me, it is. I You know, when when companies decide to stop investing in uh, manufacturing, you know, it's typically historically been a sign that things are slowing down. And, and it's a sign that they're, 
they're starting to slow down. So what's going to happen? You know, they're, they're not uh, expanding. They're not growing. The market perhaps starts to flatten. Things start to shift in the stock market. People start getting scared. People start, you know, scurrying away their own money, maybe pulling money out of the market. And suddenly little by little things start to shift and change. And, and so I don't know what we've seen has been, you know, a very, very loose fed, uh, you know, dropping, dropping, dropping interest rates, whether it be for political reasons or not. Um, and uh, as a result, kind of keeping this thing alive and keeping this rally going. But it's surprising given how low rates are to see companies no longer spending money. You know, if it yeah. costs you nothing to yeah. borrow and you could put that money into manufacturing and equipment and you're not doing it, there's something happening here. Yeah, and, and it's funny because when I first read stuff like this, and I'm sure there's people listening or watching that are hanging out with us uh, that are also wondering, okay, uh, why wouldn't companies do that? Because but with money being next to free, I mean, not very expensive to borrow money. To, and if the economy is going to tighten, you want to make sure that you have a good, a good uh, competitive advantage, right? With the latest equipment or the best marketing team or whatever it might be. So investing, it seems like if you go a couple dominoes in would really help. However, we are on a quarterly earning system and you have to continue to show investors who are very short term and obvious investors by and large. We've already talked about this a bajillion times. Investors are not long term, <laughs> even though we're supposed to be investors are very short term and obvious and they flee very quickly. And if I run a company, I have to continue to show a profit. And one easy way to do that is to stop buying more things that make widgets and just do it with the ones that we have so I can continue to show that we're earning money for every share that's out there. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I think that's why it's so important that people read Buffett and, and guys like him, you know, learning and understanding how companies work, understanding uh, how to evaluate a business and look at uh, you know whether the, the co- companies have given up on on expansion, given up on spending, or they're taking on tons and tons of debt. I mean, it it matters, right? It mm-hmm. matters. Um, and so, what we have happening here is these companies have said, "All right, you know, something's happening here. There's this, you know, and it's no longer the U.S. economy either, right? right. The system has gotten infinitely more complex because if China slows down or Europe slows down, that hits us here too." You know, back in the day, it wasn't as much, but now these mega corporations are getting vast, vast portions of their income overseas. U.S. companies making their money overseas. So just because a company's based here doesn't mean that's where their profits are coming from. So at the end of the day, if these companies are starting to shift and tweak how they're doing things, you know, these business leaders know they can see the data on their own businesses and they're going to make changes based upon what they're experiencing. We get to see that way, way, way later, right? right as the consumer. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's definitely important to watch what these guys are doing. And like you said, you know, it's easy to kind of futz and manipulate the numbers in order to keep, you know, keep the train going, um, for a while. That's not going to last forever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny while you're talking, the thing I'm thinking is, okay, so what, right? So, so does this mean then Josh, if, if I think, if I read this and I'm like, okay, if companies think there must be a recession coming, that there's something happening here, should I be moving my money around? Should I do something different with my 401k? 
do something different with my brokerage accounts. What are you thinking there? Absolutely. You should do nothing. I mean, look, it, it, it depends on who you are. It depends on where you are. There's no one piece of advice that's going to work for everybody. But I, I think what it comes down to is if you're, if you're you know, near retirement, you're going to probably have a different decision than this. But, you know, let's say you're 20, 30, 40 years old, you know, keep, keep plowing money in the market, sit back, relax, stop looking at it, stop worrying about it, and you should be okay. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to have a long-term horizon. Don't put it in a bunch of crap that's here today, gone tomorrow. You know, buy good companies uh, that have s- sustainable businesses and and hold on, I, or or buy into you know Vanguard and or, yeah. and some other uh, fund and buy the total stock market or something like that. But, I uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, people have been calling for for the for the recession five years from now or five years ago. Uh, uh, we've been saying, yes, there is a recession coming, but you don't know when. And if you moved three, four or five years ago, look at what you missed out on number one. And, uh, so recessions are something that we live through because if you decide to pull your money out, you have to be right twice. You don't have to just call it on the upside. You also have to decide to put your money back in. And even if you're lucky once, I don't think anybody's lucky twice. Yeah, exactly. So I, I I think at the end of the day, um, timing the market is not going to work for you. You know, get out there, educate yourself, read, learn about how the markets work. You know, stock bonds, you name it. You, you need to have an understanding. And those people who are chasing and buying and selling and trying to chase the market and thinking they're going to beat it, never do. They never do. So put in, hold on. So now we just frustrated people because they're like, oh, yeah. okay, okay, you got all this economic data. I was going to hold anyway. You make this big presentation, Joe, Josh, you got this whole thing. And then you say you should do nothing. Thank you very much. There actually, though, I think are some lessons here, which is has less to do with the market. I loved when I was a financial planner, having my clients think of themselves as if there's a company. And uh, you make much different decisions because I would see people like the, the, the Dorkin family, if I'm working with you, uh, Josh and his family make phenomenal decisions at work, very analytical decisions for a company. And then they come home and the average family then makes incredibly emotional decisions with that money that they worked hard to earn. Like yeah. they, they, they don't use the same methodology. So if you think of yourself as a CFO, you're going to do things differently. But these CFOs, are really playing a game with the devil right now. And that is we're not investing any money in capital equipment, which to you and I would mean I've got problems at my house that I know I need to do this standard upkeep. I'm going to push back on that. Or my car's making a weird noise. I'm not even going to take it in. I'm going to wait till it gets really bad. That's fine for today. All these things are fine for today, Josh, but there's going to be hell to pay for these companies and for people that don't keep up with, with these ongoing, uh, ongoing capital expenditures. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you're ignoring your CapEx, I mean, I come from this, this world of real estate investment, right? So we talk about CapEx that's, you know, putting money into the roof, into your hot water heater, into, you know, all these other things. If you, you could ignore it for a while, you certainly can, but you know, at some point it's going to come back and bite you. Now that, that said, have had these companies, spend that and and that's the question i don't think we we really know the answer to perhaps these companies are tapped out yeah perhaps interest rates have been so low that they've you know they've spent the money on the equipment they're caught up they're good to go and and by the way we we talked about this right recessions are a normal part of the cycle 
you know, for those people who are afraid of a recession, that's like being afraid of aging. You're going to age. It's going to happen. Look at Joe. <laughs> I'm sitting right here, man. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. It's part, it's part of, of how things work. So we did talk about shifting how you put money in the market or not shifting, but, but there, there is something to be said about, you know, how you spend your money, right? You know, right before, you know, as, as if these companies are, are slowing down, maybe now is not the time to buy that bling a new car, right? Maybe yeah. now is not the time to start throwing a lot of money around on, on consumables, discretionary spending. Maybe you should save and maybe you should save and wait because when, when things do slow down, when, when a recession does come, the smart money is typically on the side and the smart money is typically ready to pounce and jump in and start investing in distressed assets like stocks, like real estate and other things like that. When everyone's running, you get in there. That's interesting. They're not as worried about, about panicking with the money they have. They're loading up to go buy. I mean, they're, they're trying to, what's that, what's that, uh, be, 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 uh, buying when others are fearful or well, yep. what's the Buffett line? There's uh, that's something like uh, that. something. Yes. It's the Joe <laughs> line. Now I turned into the Joe line. Uh, we do this live in front of a Facebook audience. We've got some great chatter uh, from our friends and someone who was with us in season one, our friend Sandy Smith from yes, I am cheap's hanging out with us, Josh. And she agrees with you. She said, we forget businesses are global these days. Even small businesses are. So we're all affected by slowdowns all over the globe. I mean, even small companies affected by this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If, if, you know, I mean, take, take our company, we're, we're considered a small business internet company, vast, vast, vast majority of the audience is, is here in the States. But if, if things start to, you know, slow down globally, it's, it's going to hit us because China slows down, Europe slows down. People start hearing about it, seeing the headlines, they start to slow down. Your behavior is now impacted by not just what's happening in the States, we can see in real time in 2019 what is happening thanks to social media and 24-hour news cycle, and we're all going to react to it. Let's do one more here. Kathy's with us. She said it's going to be a mess with people not saving and being prepared for recession. I totally agree. You know what I was thinking while you were talking earlier, Josh, is that another reason to slow down on capital expenditures now is if you don't have a cash reserve, you don't have an emergency fund, things get tight. We saw what happened in 2008. I mean, I'm in Detroit now. Detroit lost a ton of jobs. I mean, there were just jobs gone as as all these companies went bankrupt. Um, So maybe cutting down on your capital expenditures, knowing there's going to be hell to pay later, a lot less hell to pay if, if, if you can get a cash reserve together that might allow you to hold out for two, three, four months. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and, um, one of the things that, uh, I picked up from our friend Jim Wang, um, was, uh, put together a, um, a CD ladder, um, I think CD ladders, you know, the, the rates aren't the best in the world, but they're, they're pretty safe. And, and so what we do is we ladder uh, our monthly requirements and uh, have at least several months of cash available in a CD ladder that's going to come due each month. Uh, that way we're prepared. So it's like getting this continual paycheck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If the paycheck stops coming in and if you don't need it, then you just reinvest it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Good stuff. Hey, in just a second, Josh and I are going to have our takeaways from this piece, which actually had a lot more in it than 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 I think a lot of people thought when we started. But first, I want to talk about our sponsor today, Acre Trader. 
Acre Trader is a company that I like, Josh, because I grew up in West Michigan where it's all farms. In fact, there might not be a type of farm, a type of field that I didn't work in. I worked in all different types of fields. Now, you don't want to be a farmer unless you understand farming, and that's not what Acre Trader is actually about. That's actually what I thought Acre Trader was about. I'm like, farming's kind of tough. You're not a farmer, you're just a landlord. And when you look historically over long periods of time, farmland versus commercial and rental real estate, uh, uh, excuse me, residential real estate, farmland a lot less volatility historically. Doesn't mean it can't be volatile, but historically it's been less volatile. And when you compare it to gold and bonds, there's a lot of uh, compelling arguments to be made for farmland. Now, historically, why haven't people done farmland? Well, to go buy a huge field is beyond most of us. But because of crowdfunding rules that changed a few years ago, now with a company like Acre Trader, you buy a piece of a farm. Acre Trade takes care of uh, getting the tenant a.k.a. the farmer, who pays you a dividend every March before the crops go in, and then also looks at soil sustainability, making sure that's an attractive piece of real estate. Acre Trader, by the way, based in northwest Arkansas, near the University of Arkansas, that has one of the finest uh, programs in agriculture out there in the United States, and these guys are plugged into that. So uh, check it out for yourself. You You have to be an accredited investor uh, to get into Acre Trader, that's a whole different show. But look that up. And then the second thing is, remember this is real estate. Josh knows a little bit about real estate. You can't sell off a bathroom when you need some money. <laughs> your your money's locked up for a period of time, and you got to know that before you go in. But if you like it like I do, head to uh, AcreTrader.com forward slash MWF, and that tells uh, them that uh, we sent you. So thanks to everybody who's used our link when they've checked out Acre Trader. All right, enough about farmland let's talk about business business mr dorkin by the way speaking of farmland you know there, there is talk today that uh, they're gonna uh, increase the ethanol subsidy to help out the farmers uh so yeah it's you know it's there's a lot a lot happening out there i mean all, all this stuff matters all this stuff will impact all of us that's so, interesting you know, we could have done yeah. that headline Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. What's your takeaway from this one, though, Josh? You know, I, I would say it's it's another sign that we're pretty toppy. Uh, it's a sign that we're we're getting close to that recession. You know, whether whether it's tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, two years. I mean, it's it's coming. I mean, I thought I was going to be here three years ago, four years ago. You know, you keep dropping rates. You know, you can you can kind of. Pump uh, pump a little bit of uh, life into the economy, but uh, at some point, you know things kind of putter out, um, and and so, you know, be prepared. Uh, don't don't go churning your stock accounts. Don't go, uh, you know, freaking out. But but be smart. Start to stash away some cash and and get ready uh, for a recession. And and if you don't know what that means, because a lot of the listeners, I think, don't start reading. You know, what do I do? Google, what do I do when there's a recession with my money? Yeah. Um, and, and there's a ton of important information. There's a ton of crap out there too. Um, <laughs> but, but really, I mean, just, just be smart and listen to guys like Joe and, and uh, you should be good. I like that. Don't put any pressure on me at all. Yeah. The, the, uh, well, what I'll say is that 
I, I like what you talk about about getting educated because when I when I used to initially uh, fly, I would get nervous every time the the pilot would bank. I was sure the pilot and the co-pilot are up there in the front just screaming and something bad's going on and we're all going down. Once once I started playing Microsoft Flight Simulator, the geeky <laughs> game, and I knew that we just hit a VOR and we were at a spot and, and they're just running the system, as I think they call it. Maybe they don't call it that. I call it that. But but my point is, once I knew a little bit about why the flaps were coming down and exactly what was going on, even though it was still a bumpy ride, Josh... I felt a lot more secure. And we know, like you said earlier, that recessions are going to happen. I'll feel a lot more secure if I have some clue as to what the mechanisms are behind it. Knowledge uh, is power. Yeah, absolutely. My takeaway is on the other side of that. So you you did the, the business and recession coming. I'm going to do the fact of why did I bring this up at all? And it's because thinking about yourself as if you're a business, I think is really important. And if you pull yourself away from the emotional state that we're all in about our money and you start looking at all the factors going into our life and you think – if there is a recession, how do I withstand this? What capital expenditures, easy for me to say, what capital expenditures do I have that maybe I need to cut back on because I don't have a cash reserve? What debt should I pay off quicker? Maybe I need to slow down on, on doing whatever the thing is. What I'm doing here is I'm getting much more intentional about my money. And instead of making these emotional decisions with not a lot of information, I'm now looking much more holistically and I'm diving in like a company does. And I think that's power as well, Josh. Yeah, I think that's great. I, I can't really add to it. And if I did, you'd yell at me. You told me that before the show. I, d- I did. I said, do not contradict my takeaway because that's gold. But gold, I, Jerry. I did not do that. Where do people find you, Mr. Dorkin, if they want to hang out with you? Because even though you're not doing the bigger pockets thing anymore very often, uh, you pop in from time to time, which I always think is fun. But you are uh, still a creature of social media. I do. I do. Um, so I, um, I can be found on Twitter and Instagram at, at JRDorkin. I am on Facebook, barely, but I'm I'm still kind of around. Um, or you can go to my website, joshuadorkin.com. Well, thanks for hanging out with us, my friend. I really appreciate it, and I love your insights. Thanks for having me. It was fun. On behalf of Josh, go stack some Benjamins, everybody. We'll see you back here next time at Money with Friends. Bye-bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.